Brilliant. So um, we're going to be looking at what is VR and what is AR in the light of um, looking at Easter and looking at Christmas and giving you the tools to use this in your local context so that you can grow confident in reaching the digital generation a little bit more. Uh, we've been building virtual reality and augmented reality resources now for nearly the last five years. Um, we've been working both locally in our city back in Leeds and Bradford using this, but also working nationally with organizations, with uh, people like the Church of England, Church of Ireland, and New Wine in the UK. And we've been building this uh, using in-house materials. So we've got the coders, we've got the graphic designers, we've got the story writers, and we've got this whole infrastructure in uh, Mitchell Generation. And then they are also part-time, full-time youth workers and children's workers as well. So they're building this, designing this, and then delivering this quite into the context of their local churches. And so it's a tried and tested model, and young people are coming to faith through the lens of interaction, immersive experiences of the Bible. So this is something for you to take away with uh, and think about. So virtual reality and augmented reality, let me just give you a very quick understanding of what that is. Um, virtual reality is where you use a Google Cardboard headset or something like here, which is the Oculus Quest that we have in the corner here. If you've got young people, come back and bring them at four o'clock. They'll learn about gaming and the Bible and how they can become digital evangelists in that space. Uh, virtual reality headset, you put it on your head, or you'll put your smartphone through the Google Cardboard headset, which are inside the prayer boxes that you can take for free today and see Jesus risen from the dead in virtual reality and, uh, and look at the Lord's Prayer and explore the narrative of the Lord's Prayer full 360 all the way around because virtual reality takes you into a new realm into somewhere where you would never walk you'd never be regularly physically you get taken somewhere in that digital space augmented reality is where you use a smartphone and you bring things into your reality where you play and you engage with stuff and you click swipe and tap and interact with content that narratively comes alive around you and what we've done is we've designed bible stories that looks at um, old and new testament contents and today you're looking at Christmas as an opportunity and Easter. However, I recognize that as we start to think about VR and AR, there is this uh, kind of tug of war, kind of like how far do we go with technology? How far should we use technology? Is technology okay to be used? Is it something that is kingdom? Is it something that's not kingdom? And actually there's an uncertainty, there's an unease that comes. It's like as if we're pulling this kind of tug of war, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. How do we do it? How could we not do it? And there are young people engaging in technology, and they're not asking these questions, these ethical questions, in the same way. Where us as leaders, we need to create a cultivated space that's enabling those opportunities to experience the gospel in a relevant and good way. But then what we're doing then when we do that is we're setting a it's okay permissioning. You're creating an okayness when it comes to using technology. So... Would I love to see churches using more technology? Yes. Would I love to see an immersive experience happening weekly, monthly in the local churches? Yes. Would I want it to be rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of Jesus and the creativity of God? Absolutely yes. And so we ask ourselves when we make things, how is what we're making directing it back to a DDM approach? Okay, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. But Basically, it's bringing it back to the wonders of the Trinitarian gospel. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If anything we make doesn't bring it back to those three core truths, then we don't do it. And we don't entertain in it. Because it then causes this sense of it's okay to do that, but it's not okay to do that. And what we want to do is make sure they know what it's good at, what it's healthy, what it's clean, what is fruitful. I want to give you some examples 
of um, some virtual reality and augmented reality and what's happening in this space right now in the terms of um, various industries. So what we've got here, we've got VR and AR examples in uh, industry where you can learn how to do something, physically move um, a JCB, a movement of a vehicle before physically stepping in the vehicle. I think I would want to learn how to move a vehicle in a virtual way uh, because I don't want to be messing something up in the physical way. And so we see people being taught how to use this sort of technology. And then you've got the learning through uh, office space. Lockdown basically moved us all online. So people have managed to boom quickly the engagement of using online spaces, online working, the hybrid model. You can now create yourself a virtual office space using a metaverse space where you can metaversely communicate with people in all your industry sitting around this kind of virtual world. And this is what happens is that people are using this now as convenience to still keep community because people think community is, is not just now physically like we're doing now, but it's also digitally. There's a digital community space and VR is creating that example. Down here is a car that's been maintained. You don't want to be putting me in front of a car, starting to take your car to the parts unless I know what I'm doing. So I'm learning how to do that in the VR, which means I'm then learning how that can be done then in the physical way, making sure that no cars are being damaged. And then this is an operation that's been done in virtual reality on somebody's knee. And uh, again, if you wanted me to operate on your knee, you'd want to make sure I've done enough training in that space. And in the virtual world, I can learn how to do that using the operation procedures, which then means that when they go into the physical place, they've learned how to do it. You're getting the understanding how virtually experiencing something allows that person to then bring that knowledge into when they actually do it in a physical way. These are some exciting examples of how education is using uh, through uh, the um, going to uh, schools or museums and uh, bringing things alive. If my learning experience was like this in the classroom, I'd probably learn a lot more and retain a lot more information. I'm a dyslexic visual learner. I interact, I engage, I like to click, swipe, tap, I like to jump around, I can't stay still. That is the way that the Lord has made me and that's why we make so much the way we do in terms of the ministry gifts that we've got because what we want to do is give the young person a good experience of hands-on. And this would have been brilliant in my learning experience um, if I was allowed to do that. And again, these are in the retail. Uh, we're going to watch in a moment a video of what IKEA is doing using augmented reality to help me uh, find the best item for my house. Um, I, I'm secretly, I like sitting in IKEA car parks for a little bit longer and just watch somebody try and get an object in the car that can't get in. I think the Lord sees that and he goes, there's rest in this, Ben, but not. Um, so I, I, I don't want to go to Ikea and buy something and then find that it doesn't work or doesn't fit and then I have to take it back. It's a waste. I'm killing the ozone by me driving backwards and forwards. So this app is incredible. We're going to see this in a minute. Uh, this is called Place. Hopefully, if I press play, you'll be able to hear it. Here we go. No, the internet doesn't want to work. Okay, well, what you would have seen here is that this chair would have appeared on the, on the floor and I could have moved it around and made it bigger, maybe it smaller, see if it fits well with my color scheme in my house. And before I know it, I can click it, order it, and it'll get delivered to my house. I don't even have to go to Ikea anymore. It's amazing. When my wife says, let's go to Ikea, I kind of think, well, I'm sorry, I've got the youth work stuff in my boots in my car. We can't drive. There's nothing you can fit in the car anymore, love. I don't want to waste my time buying something that doesn't work. So I like to use this convenience space of using Ikea's uh, shopping experience. Museums are using it. 
they're engaging people because we have a smart device now. Mixed reality is becoming a bit of a norm, a bit of a new, a new movement of information that's in, in, both in the VR and in the AR, which is called mixed reality, where it's the two combined together. And no longer do you need a, a big rustically looking device. You can actually, in time, use your glasses that some of you are wearing today to tap on the side and allow you to find information. Most glass panels are going to be voice controlled and hearing. When we say something, it will pick up our voice narrative because the AI and the kind of constant engagement is happening, which means wherever I go to my local shop and I remember I've got to feed the dog, I can say, can you tell me to feed the dog when I get home, please? And when I get home, it will remind me. Now, we're a long way off from there, but I think that's where technology is going to go. It's conveniently spacing us to use it all the time. And what we see here is there's this engaging learning space that's happening through what we have constantly on us, which is our smartphones. The smartphones will soon become replaced with a device that is on your eyes because it's convenient. You can make calls, you can talk, you can read text messages. You know, we're already seeing at the moment on our watches. How many times do we look at our watch as opposed to get our phones out? Because when a text message comes in, I can just do this and go, yeah, and then I can respond to it. I'm no longer taking my phone out. There's a process that's happening where something like the device of the phone will become somehow obsolete in some frame or be replaced something different. I'll give you an example. Mini discs. Who used to have a mini disc player? Yeah. Spotify is now the alternative. It's become so far from that we no longer need to put something in a cassette or whatever player. It. It's constantly streaming. So we're seeing there's a kind of progression of change that's happening in technology. And AR and VR is doing that. We've got some examples here in the, in the healthcare industry. Uh, we've recently said goodbye to a very dear friend of ours who was a board of trustee who had dementia and uh, she would obviously forget for who we were from time to time. If this uh, a virtual reality experience is available up here where somebody who has dementia on consent, able to put a headset on, they could see visibly their family and their friends that they're about to go and meet with them. And when they go and meet with those friends and family in the next 10 minutes or so afterwards, there's a constant, it retains the information. It's like using a photograph, but it's an interactive thing. And so industries are testing how much do we use this in healthcare? Is this helpful? Is this good? And then down here, you've got an example of a lady looking at what point in her operation is it going to happen because she wants to physically know the information. Information is key for people to feel secure. And what we've got here is VR is enabling that to happen. You've also got examples of AR and VR in games, which we'll be looking at later this afternoon at 4 o'clock. So bring your young people along. This one up here, you'll be able to play is Beat Saver. And uh, this is a great game where people have played it. Has anyone played Beat Saver before? Yes. What's your score? Not so good. It's okay. Jesus is good. Um, the idea is that we then talk about how this can be used as a biblical narrative to talk about um, are, we, are we living to the anthem of the world or are we living to the anthem of the kingdom of God? And what are we doing to create the movements that shows the kingdom of God as opposed to the anthem of creating movements of the world? Are we conforming to the way things are like relationships and things of peer pressure or are we standing against that and showing a different symbolism of movement? And that's how we bring the Bible narrative into the Beat, beat Saver game, uh, bringing applied theology. Uh, this did work a moment ago, so let's see what happens. This is Angry Birds. Um, Angry Birds, who's played Angry Birds before? Some of us. You can now play Angry Birds Augmented Reality. We can bring it into this room and we can fire things at it. Hopefully, you'll see if it works. No, don't know why. Oh, maybe I have to do this. Nope. Okay. Oh. The joy of festival internet. Here we go. 
This is the lady sitting at the table uh, playing Angry Birds. The guy thinks, yeah, I'm going to take a photograph of my food because that's what we do now on Instagram. No, she's not playing that. She's like, we're going to play Angry Birds. And they're now engaging in an Angry Birds game. This is what some restaurants are like, isn't it? People are playing their smartphones and engaging with the activities. So clearly Angry Birds is a very interesting game that everyone used to download and play. They now moved it into AR and now it becomes this kind of augmented reality game that we play. You know, we've used this to talk about three formations of anger. Anger about the world, about the injustices in the world. Anger about the fact that we've messed up and we've done something wrong and we're really angry about it to ourselves and we think, oh, so shouldn't have done that. And the third is anger that somebody's caused towards us because they've offended us. And we talked to young people about the three formations of anger. And we did this last night with the young people that came in here. We got them all to play with it on uh, 2D, so not in AR because it would be a bit mayhem in here. Uh, they played it on their phones and we talked about these three formations of anger that gets the conversation about talking about how they're feeling. And uh, if you've uh, who's here got a Google Pix phone? Anyone got a Google Pix? Well, this was only available on Google Pix. Hopefully this will work. If you're a Star Wars fan, anyone a Star Wars fan in the house? Just, well, yeah. Okay, let's see if this works. It didn't. Okay. Okay, that one did. So what it is is basically you could create your own Star Wars fighting scenes using lightsabers and using a robot that flies around, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, what we have is that Google Pixel were only allowing the AR feature on the Google phones. And so we saw technology like AR changing the way we might choose to upgrade our phones because we're all about the Star Wars fans and we want to have this Star Wars experience. So we drop the iPhone and jump across to Google uh, because they are offering us a different experience. And AR, kind of this AR Star Wars film uh, experience, made me want to buy into that service. And so we're seeing technology is influencing the way I choose to look at things about what I buy and what I engage in because I want that instant connectivity sp space. Um, this is a great example of how AR uh, and a mixed reality is being used through um, EE. Anyone got an EE contract? I don't know what EE is, whether it's like EE is okay in this world uh, of this country, but this is what I think is really interesting. Now, if the church can grab a hold of this immersive experience, imagine what you see here as if it's a resurrection experience in the shopping mall or in your schools or in your village of where you live. This would be pretty cool if we could see this happen. Have a look at this. So this is all happening through the smartphone. And you've got a mosh-up of dance. We've seen it already happen. People are like to do some dancing in the streets. It's all right. Then this happens. So all of this is coming alive through the lens of the smartphone. Imagine this in the context of a virtual reality resurrection experience where we're all experiencing it at the same time, corporately at a particular time in the day.
And obviously what we see is 5G and the EE package is offering quick, instant ability to do something immersively interactive and exciting. Now, no, no church has got that budget. I understand that. However, if, if the secular world are moving those spaces beyond our control of grasp, we've got to start somewhere. We need to know where to start. And this is what whole of this session is all about, is helping you to start somewhere on that journey of immersively, interactively engaging. So if we don't move with the technological times, organizations, churches, and charities exploring information and connecting with the digital generation, we're going to fall behind the scenes. We're going to be falling behind so far that we won't have the opportunity to bring a sense of what is possibly exciting for us and exciting for the young people in an interactive way. So we've created something called the Digital Discipleship to Mission Approach using the interactive digital in innovation of faith and the Great Commission, we will help generation of young people know Jesus and share Jesus with the world. And we've done that through the following things. Giving you the chance today to try out a virtual resurrection experience, seeing Jesus risen from the dead in virtual reality, stepping into what would be outside of the tomb, and then going into the tomb, and then seeing what happens around the resurrection, and then coming out of the tomb, and knowing that Jesus has been risen from the dead because you've seen it. And we've had young people do this, where they've run this in RE classes, in um, prayer spaces, as Duke of Edinburgh Awards, where they plan, do, and review an activity. The, the schools allowed them to have access to communicate what is a valuable experience to them, which is a VR experience. Um, we also worked with the, uh, the Church of England nationally with um, Archbishop and Gemma Hunt. We designed the Adventure Prayer Map, where we brought through Thy Kingdom Come, 11 days of interactive experiences. And we animated the Cheeky Panda series and we created this full immersive experience where they brought on the table all of the experience looking at 11 themes in a playful, augmented reality way. And then we've got here Christmas, which is what you're going to see today. And then you've got Easter where you can bring these little cards up on the table. And you can hide these cards around your schools, around your parishes, around your streets. And you can hide them like geocaches where you can search for them on a map Turn them up, open up the box, scan something, and away that instant design of the AR comes alive in front of you. And we're going to explain to you how that's done for the remaining time that we have together. Ooh, this is one of our Christmas scenes. So this is a gingerbread augmented reality, which is on your tables. You've got 12 games, and this is one of the games here. You've got to guess the name, guess the tune that unlocks one of the uh, videos, which is the angels. And then this is our... 12 Revelations of Christmas, which is a different app, which you can see today. And this is seeing all these things coming alive on the table using uh, image recognition cards. And that allows you to go through 12 Revelations. And there's a company, a book alongside that as well. And uh, they, there's loads of others, but we won't go through because there's not much time to show you. But once this is finished, I'll pause the video. And uh, this is our Easter one. So you can have a look at this. This is what we're going to show you in a moment. This is the uh, cross scene, and this is the resurrection scene. We designed this through lockdown. The church couldn't do Easter, so we designed this card, and we sent it to all the churches that we worked with. And this is the virtual reality experience, where you get to see what's happening inside the tomb. There's the body disappearing. We symbolize as the light of resurrection of Jesus, as opposed to a horror body coming out of the tomb, because that would scare the young people. It was a symbolism of the light. And then down the tomb, and this is designed using our cardboard headsets over there, which you'll get one of those. And then this is the lady looking at the Lord's Prayer, seeing the Lord's Prayer coming alive around you in typography, which again is linked to the digital prayer boxes which are over there, where you can go through a lesson plan and looking at what is prayer using the Lord's Prayer itself. And there's also an, uh, a resurrection lesson plan as well. 
So these are some of the things you get to play with now and uh, enjoy the opportunities of what this might look like. Maybe even have a go at taking some of this back with you in your local context. And, uh, oh, this is the final one. This is a church tour where you can listen to two churches in Ireland talk about the power of the baptism, power of prayer, power of worship, power of teaching. And this allows you to play, uh, watch this. And finally, this was made by a young person. This is David versus Goliath, where you can fight Goliath using five stones and flick them like Pokemon Go. And then you can find a way of killing Goliath. So those are just some examples of some of the things that we've done. And uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to move into a table conversation now with you. We're going to give you a smartphone and we're going to help walk you through how to use this in your context for the next uh, 15 minutes, which allows you to then see how this is something that you might find helpful. And if you like it, you can take the boxes home with you. We would like to bless you with this so you can run this into your local context. Um, there's two. Have we, got, have we got another set at all? We've got another set. Great. Okay. So I think there's a set. You guys are together. Are you guys all in one? Yep. And you're on your own. So we'll give you, there we go, three sets. Brilliant. And what we want to do is give you the chance to take this back in your local context. So um, I'm going to go and sit with you guys. And then we'll get, uh, Ollie, can you sit over there with that one? Kenny, could you sit here? If that's right. And what we'll do is we'll gently walk you through how to use the material. I'll stop the recording. And if you have any questions afterwards, um, they will probably jump straight to the questions as well. Great. Here we go.